Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is June the 16th, 2020, and this is episode 2682 of the Survival Podcast. And this is called Get Ready for an Action-Packed Second Half of 2020. You'd be like, be like holy crap, I know this is going to suck. Jack's going to tell us about all of the bad shit that's going to happen in 2020 with COVID wave 2.0, etc. And uh, crashing economy and everything. Nope. Nope. Action-packed is in how you and I and some other people that I'm working on a project with are going to have a very productive, very successful 2020 uh, for the rest of the year, second half of 2020, no matter what the hell happens with the economy, with the pandemic, etc. Now, you know I'm a fatalist. I do believe in certain things that, you know, there's certain things you do everything you can, and then certain things happen, and there's not much you can do about it. I talk often, I say, about getting hit by a gravel truck. Uh, I, that really started back in the day when I was uh, still living in Arkansas. And I used to drive to my office every day. I had an office for the podcast up there because I just didn't have the internet availability at, at my house that I needed to be able to do the show. And I used to drive past these giant gravel trucks, man, these giant 10-ton gravel trucks every day. you know. And I always thought if one of those hit me, even in my F-350, I'm dead. And so, yeah, I mean, you could get sick. You could die. I mean, I heard from somebody in this audience today. It broke my heart. Just diagnosed with, with uh, terminal pancreatic cancer, has four to six months to live. I, that's like getting hit with a gravel truck. A gravel truck's a metaphor. So I'm not saying that nobody in this audience might not end up with COVID and, and might not die from it or, or might not end up laid off or you know have problems. But if you're still here and you can still fog, fog a mirror and you can still do something with your life, think about those people that can't, those people that are really taken out. They're not just disrupted. They're done. And then realize you have control. So as long as you're here, we're going to be giving you the tools that you need to make things happen. And I have a vacation coming up. And tomorrow I have an interview show. Thursday, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Friday's expert council. And with that being the case, I decided today was the good day to do this. Because there's some things I really want to get laid out for you today. Because while I'm gone, I'm going to have a rewind series. And I know some of you guys love the rewinds. And some of you guys, eh, take them or leave them. Some of you guys, eh, I heard it already. You know, If you have a memory like me, you might be like, I, I heard this already. But I think this time around is going to be different. I actually want a big part of what I do today to get you ready for 13 episodes of TSP Rewind that if you'll engage with them the way that I hope you will, will drastically change your life forever. I've taken 13 of the best things I've ever done with TSP. Going back... About four years is the oldest one, and coming forward to middle of last year. And I have teamed them up with 13 steps. We'll be talking about that in a minute as well, and those steps you can do. I also have the new podcast, Supergroup, coming. We're going to be talking more about that. We're going to talk more about individual, act, individual insurrection through group action and how that all plays in with this as well. And we're going to talk about not letting situations steal from you today. I feel like so many people, and even I let it happen a little bit. I let this, this pandemic steal from me 
this year. Not as much as a lot of people did, but I still let it. St I let it steal anything. It's too much. It's too much. I'm not. Le I'm not letting it steal another second of my life from me. I'm not letting. It, I'm not making letting it, it scare me into any poor decisions. I'm going to go over with you again today. The the easiest way I know of, or let's say, the best way I know of to protect yourself from COVID. And it's not a mask, though masks can be useful. And I'm going to talk about just living your life. And let's start out with a quote today. The quote I have for you today is by William James. I thought it was the perfect quote for today. William James said, Action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. In other words, there's a lot of actions you can take that, that certainly don't bring happiness. Let's think about people that are in prison today. Now, I believe there are people in prison and jail for victimless crimes. Let's, let's, let's take those out. Let's take those out of the equation. Let's, just think about people that are in prison today or jail today, and you're like, you know what, for what you did, regardless of what system we have, it, it probably is right that you do some sort of, of time where you are away from society to pay your debt to it. All of those people, every single one of them took an action, And it certainly didn't bring happiness. It, it brought misery to their life. It brought misery to their family's life. And it most likely brought misery to the lives of others because you have a victim in this thing. Uh, and, and to the families of, of a victim, even if that victim wasn't killed. There's just so many decisions people make to take an action that result in misery and suffering and unhappiness. But likewise, you can't just sit and wait to be happy. My wife, I, I love my wife, man. My wife is an amazing woman. And there's two things in life that she always says are a choice. One is love. Love is a choice. Those are my wife's words. That When you find someone you want to spend the rest of your life with, you will have times you do not want to even look at them. Especially if it's me. All right? They will do something that will piss you off. But you choose to love someone. You may not choose to fall in love. But once you do, you choose to retain that love and to work through whatever comes your way. And the other one is happiness. Happiness is also a choice. It's something you choose to be. And it's something you choose to do the things necessary so that you can be happy. And, and I'm not talking about being happy like a Pop-Tart, right? Like there's people that like, they're just always happy, like, and they're always over the top happy where you want to smack them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it to be in general, in general, happy with your life and feeling that you're moving your life in the right direction. That's a choice. And a choice is not just about attitude. Attitude is a piece of it, but action. And often it is action that drives attitude rather than attitude driving action. It all starts with the mind and getting the mind right. So it's, it, it's kind of like, it's almost a chicken and the egg thing. Like, if you get the attitude right, then you'll take action. But if you take actions, the attitude gets right. It just keeps feeding on itself. So another person who I can think of that, that said something similar to this, that, that really is the same thing, though it sounds entirely different, was Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey one time was giving a talk, and he was talking about the need to eventually jump. That at some point, you got to jump. you got to go for it. And if, if you won't do that, you, you end up stuck. So whatever does it for you to, to get your mind in that right direction, I want you to think about action today. And what are the actions that you can take to take back anything that has been taken away from you by life, by the systems, by society, by whatever it is. If something's taken something from you, then take it back. And so 
Again, I'm doing this show today because we are about to go on this vacation, and, and I, I, you know, I do love my wife so much, and she does say some really, some things that you're like, man, that's why I love her. And and recently we had uh, the family over here, and somebody said, well, you guys are going for two weeks, and we're actually going to be on the beach twelve full days, so you got some travel time and stuff in there, but you're going to be on the beach for twelve full days, and uh, man, they're like, well, what? What do you do for that long on the beach? And my wife, without batting an eye, looks at him and says, nothing. And it's just like, ha, 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 I love her. And she might have said, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's not nothing, but it is. Basically, Jack gets up really early in the morning, and I sleep in, and he goes fishing, and uh, he'll be down at the beach for a couple hours, and the sun's finally really up, and I get up, and I go down, and I see him, and hang out with him, and take a walk, and I come back, and... We hang out for a while while he fishes, and then we have breakfast, and then we sit on the beach and swim, and then we uh, have lunch, and then we sit on the beach and swim, and then we take a nap, and then we have dinner, and then we go back to the beach, and we take a really long walk in the evening, and then we do that again the next day. So it's really nothing, but it's productive nothing. And man, that is exactly where I'm headed. And one of my laws of life is you are a battery. And batteries need maintenance and recharging. So I'm about to take that time away from y'all. And again, I'm leaving you with this 13-part series I'm going to talk about in a bit. Because I really think if I get you guys in the right state of mind for it, you're going to get the most out of it. And if I don't, I think a lot of you are going to miss the opportunity. Because I am, I, I have seldom done something where when I was finished with it, it was like a, you know, a multi-part thing. That when I was done with it, I was like, wow, I really nailed that. And I, I really feel like I did for you guys, you know. But I'm going to be coming back, and I'm going to be coming back the way I usually do from these things. Charged. Like, supercharged. And I've got an initiative coming, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about that today, that I think is going to be something that, if you're going to get the most from it, you're going to have to be in the right state of mind. So let's start about let's start off with this 13-part series, <clears throat> how to get the most out of it, and um, how it will help get you in the right state of mind, and why it's going to be so critical if you want to really get the most out of the other things that we'll be doing through the rest of the year. So Vin is the one that came up with the term individual insurrection through group action. I don't know if he borrowed any of that from me, but I've, I've of course, talked about individual insurrection for years. It's, it's, that is a term that, that I, I, I was the first person to use it that I ever heard anyway. And there's... There's an important link there, and I don't really know that it's what Vin means. I'm sure we'll discuss it in this new initiative. But to me, individual insurrection through group action means that the individual must get themselves into the right state so that they can be a part of uh, their chosen group productively first. So they have to first get themselves into a place where they are able to live their life on their own terms. It is impossible for you to really fight for change, especially in the unconventional ways that we're going to talk about doing this. If you if you're you don't have control of your own life, right? and so many people that are that are part of these movements for change, their 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 own individual life is a complete freaking train wreck, and that's why they're so hip on change. And when see when your life's in a train wreck state, you have you know nothing. You feel that you have nothing to lose, etc. That that is how tyrants and despots come to power. That is how the worst political decisions are not only made but supported and cheered 
that's how liberty dies, not, you know, that, that's how liberty dies with thunderous applause, is when people are in that state. When people are in a solid state where they're generally happy with themselves and they feel like they can get what they want, when they seek change then, they seek it so that they can, on some level, have more of what they want. There's nothing wrong with self-interest. And if denial of self-interest being a useful thing is one way that we control people, but it's also because they want other people to have the opportunity. <clears throat> and what they do is they say, since I've, I've been able to do this, Imagine how many more people could if we could get certain things done or certain things out of their way. And then, then things are done in a way that is more of a follow-me way than, than do-as-I-say way. Because that's what you see with politics. And it doesn't matter if it's right or left politics. It is command people. What, you're, what, what most people are doing with that type of change is, I want you to command people to do the things I think they should do, and I want you to use force to make them do it. Or force to prevent them from doing the things that I don't want them to do so that I'll feel better. And inevitably, almost all of those things cause more problems and more misery and have a buttload of what people call unintended consequences, though many times I think what people refer to as unintended consequences are indeed understood and intended. So first got to get you right. And I don't mean that in an accusational way. I mean like that in general, like the individual has to get themselves right. So this is what I've got coming for you. I've got 13 Rewind episodes that are all from the Insurrection series. They are all based on meaningful actions and things you can take and do in your life. They are not about, hey, here's this great idea for a solution that could be implemented if we got a bunch of people together and did it. It's here's shit you can do in your life right now that will make your life better. 100% of it is inside your circle of control and or influence. Okay? Almost nothing in it. 13 episodes with almost nothing in it that's outside in your circle of concern. The things that you worry about but you don't control. And if we're even looking at that, we're saying, and these are the things you can do because you're concerned about that. But let's accept the fact that that's going to happen. I, I was amused today when a good friend of mine, a person I really respect, was talking about voting for this libertarian gal that the LP put up, I guess, to run against Biden and Trump. And, you know, you have a choice and, you know, the, the, what have you. And it's like, you have no choice. You have a choice about how you make yourself feel better through catharsis. But my response is we're either going to get Orange Man or Dementia Man as our next president. That's, that's a foregone conclusion. You know, unless, unless one of them dies... Right or or something happens or they back out of the election or something which I still don't see coming. Uh, I have a bet, by the way, Elaine, you're going to owe me that silver dollar when Biden gets the official nomination at the convention. Um, somebody else owes me a silver dollar. You know who you are. I'm, where's my silver dollars, man? I make these bets in good faith. Anyway, um, you, you're not going to change that. You're not going to change that. So just accept it. If you want to go vote, I will not belittle you. I had somebody today wanted me to push this person, and I said, I don't vote. And they said, I know you don't, but a lot of members of your audience do. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Go out and say, hey, vote for Jill or Joe or whatever the hell her name is? Like, do what you want to do. If you want to vote for a libertarian, you're not going to have a hard time figuring out how to do that, or you probably shouldn't be voting anyway, right? But if I start pushing that, then I'm convincing you that this is a meaningful action. The only way it's a meaningful action is if it's meaningful to your attitude, If it's meaningful, you have to buy God. Go ahead. I'm not going to sit here and tell you voting doesn't matter and then tell you you're wrong if you do it. Right? Go do whatever you think you got to do with voting, but don't let it 
don't let it derail you into thinking that you've done something. Because whenever we do something, we want to stop and we want to pat ourselves on the back and say, good boy, good boy. They'll give you a little sticker. I voted. Yeah. Right? No. And it's, it, voting's easy to kick. There's so many things like that. Oh, look. Yay. We have graduation ceremonies for freaking first grade now. I mean, come on. Talk about a mundane accomplishment. I mean, I just railed not too long ago on high school graduation ceremonies. But you want to talk about mundane, kindergarten graduation, first grade graduation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you showed up and colored in the lines. Your mommy and daddy made you go to a place, and you went there, and even if you cried, you didn't cry all the time, and you got through it. Let's, let's put a cap and gown on you, have you walk down the aisle to freaking pomp and circumstance music. Come on. And that, that and you mean, yeah, Leo, it's just cute. It's cute when kindergartners do it. It's not cute when grown-ass men and women act like the same way in their lives where they think they've done something when they haven't. So, yeah, it's a 13-step program but it's also really a 13 i call it a 13 stomp 13 stomp plan because even though they're like none of them are that hard to do i'm pretty forceful in my intros on these new episodes so every episode is going to work like this we take i take all the commercial content away right so there's no commercial content and the intro then instead of the commercial content and housekeeping and stuff like that is hey here's your step for the day and here's what you need to do so here's your pre-step for you guys I need you guys to right now decide that you're going to take these steps. You're going to try it. You can do anything for 13 days, right? You can do anything for 13 days. I want you to try it, and then if it doesn't work, you can stop. If you don't feel like it's moving you in the right direction, by all means, just say, Jackson, he doesn't know what he's talking about. This is a waste of time, and don't do it. But, I mean, this is something you're going to be able to do in about five minutes a day, each step, Okay? couple of them might take you a little longer the first time. But if you get through the whole thing, your daily regimen will be five minutes a day. Probably two, two, to, two, two to three minutes in the morning, two to three minutes in the evening. And you don't even have to physically do much. Okay? But what I need you to do is be prepared to make lists and take notes. And I don't mean while I'm doing the show you have to sit down and take notes. I don't do shows like that because I know most of you are running, working out, gardening, driving, etc. when you listen to the show. I know you guys, I know my audience, I know that podcasting reaches people who multitask, and they want content beyond what terrestrial radio will do, I get that. So I don't mean that way, I mean that like every day, when you're done with that episode, you're going to be like, okay, Jack said to make a list of, and I want you to be prepared to do it. And I want you to be prepared physically, in other words, decide right now, I'm going to do it with an app, you know, like my notes app, or, or what have you, or I'm going to do it with a notebook, get a little notebook, or something like that, and I want you to... Get yourself prepared mentally that, hey, look, I know that when people say, like, to do this thing and make this list or whatever, like, I always am the guy that's like, that's for other people, not for me. I want you to just give it a shot this time. Because I believe that if you will do the things that I'm going to leave you with during this period, that the transformations in people's lives will literally be earth-shattering. By June of 2021, when you look back, you're not going to be like, well, I got every single thing I wanted, because that's not how life works. But you're going to be like, I cannot believe how many things I wanted in my life that I thought were going to be impossible or take forever to do that I now have. Is that worth making a few lists? Is that worth making a few notes? Is that worth doing a few mental exercises? If it's not, don't do it. And frankly, just quit. 
All you're listening to this for is mental masturbation. If you want to do that, I can use the listeners. I, I don't mind. But I, I really, I, I think sometimes that for some people, I want success in your life more than you do. And I know I have to be at peace with the fact that not everybody's ready. But I'm going to put it this way. This time that I'm going to be gone from you, when I first really thought about it, like when we were making the arrangements, I'm like, oh, great. I have never had a vacation that long. It'll be awesome. Like, you know, I'm always like, I wish we stayed one or two more days. Like, I think at the end of this trip, I want to be like, it's time to go home. That's a great way to be with a vacation. Not, oh, man, I can't wait to get home. But, like, it's time to go home. And then when I, I sat down and I looked and I said, wow, that's, I'm going to leave on a Monday And they're not going to hear from me again until a Thursday. And there's two weeks, so it's almost two and a half weeks in between. It started to scare me. Like, man, I know I've built up a really great business, but can I really afraid to be, can I, can I really afford to, to, to leave it alone that long? And as I started putting the series together, I made the list of the steps and I rearranged them in order a little bit and I ferreted out what I wanted to say and I picked the shows and I started doing them. On the first day, I sat down, I did three rewinds with three new segments. And the three new segments added up to like 60 minutes of content, about 20 minutes apiece. And I got done with that, and I said, it's going to be okay. Then the next day that I sat down, I did like three more of the 13th, so now I'm up to six. And at the end of that, when I had those episodes up, I said, this is going to be really good. And over the next couple of days, I got the rest of them done. And when I got the last one done, and I got them all uploaded, and I pulled up my pending posts, and I made sure all of the dates were right so that they would all publish when they're supposed to, about 10 o'clock in the morning each day, I said, this is some of the best. This is some of the best I've ever done. The old episodes, the new content, the whole thing together, the package, the way it's put, this is, this is a net gain for the show. The fact that we decided to disappear for this long, only that could have created this. And, it, and when I started it, this podcast super group, we're calling the Goose Group, and I'll talk about that in a second here. I hadn't even conceived of it yet. I was already in motion. If, if I hadn't, if, if that hadn't been the case, I probably would have talked about it. In the series, and I think I might make one aside mention of it somewhere in one of the later episodes. But I hadn't even considered it. And then, this is where I am a big believer in synchronicity. When that came together, and I looked at this, and I said, Oh my God, we're going to hit this when I come back, and my people are going to have gone through this first? They're going to, and what I, th what I thought... As I shut down the computer for that day and grabbed a beer and sat on the porch with my wife is, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready for it. They're going to be ready when we start saying, now that you are beginning to put together what you really want in your life, how can you not only have more, but help others have more and tie into groups for the power of groups. How can you fulfill the concept of individual insurrection through group action and not only do so effectively, but be excited about it and know that you're ready for it. But that was the, that was 
the most exciting thought that I've had this year. They're going to be ready. So let's talk about what you're going to be ready for. Right in the middle of this, Curtis Stone drops this video on Facebook, and he asks myself and several other members, mostly coming from the regenerative agriculture, permaculture world, what our thoughts are on big solutions. He talks about uh, things like the legal system, the healthcare system, the food system, etc. And I, I, I put together, and I'm like, if Curtis asks, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be challenged in this way, then I'm going to rise to that challenge. Because, like, I believe that challenges like this are sent to you for a reason. So when, when you're when you're going through this 13-part series, I, I'm asking you, with tremendous humility, since I'm the source of it, to maybe view it that way. That there's a reason that you've listened to this show, whether it be for a day, a week, a year, or ten years. There's a reason you've listened to it for as long as you have. And there's a reason that you're going to be listening to it next week and the week after. And that reason just might be that it's time for you to find the way to rise to your own challenges. So that's how I saw Curtis's video to me. And I thought in depth about these things that we've talked about so many times. And what kept coming to me over and over and over again is these solutions are not unknown. These solutions are not even that difficult mechanically to implement. You've been saying these things for a decade or more. There's people that know far more about how to do them than you do. There's plenty of people doing pieces and parts of them. There is already a fire burning. And I had this thought as I was finishing that video. Throw gas on it. Throw gas on the fire. And I thought, you know, what Curtis did challenged me. And what if, what if we kept that going? What if we got some of the best people in the world of libertarian and agorist and voluntarist thought and in the world of building community and in the world of handling these issues from a legalistic standpoint and in the world of just getting things done? And what if these people all were people with fairly broad reaches so that not only did we benefit individually, like there's no doubt that if I do a project with somebody like Venner Armani or Curtis Stone and they work with me and we all work together and we put out content together on a regular basis, that when their people come and they are listening because they're Curtis's fan or Vin's fan, right, or John Bush's fan or whatever, that when those people hear me and some of them say, hey, I like Jack too, and they come listen to my show, there's no doubt that's a benefit to me. And there's no doubt that, you know, when Vin's trying to build up his movement out in Saipan now, and you guys hear about that, and some of you think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking go to Saipan. I'm going to jump. That that doesn't, that that doesn't benefit Vin. Or that when you hear about some of the things Curtis talks about, you think, I want to know more about this stuff of free man on the land. That doesn't benefit him. Like, it's clear how it benefits us. But that wasn't what made a little bit of the hair on my arm stand up when I really thought about it. I thought, what happens when we take... Because I've seen what this community's done. I've seen what you guys have done already. Don't think that I'm pushing you means that I'm not I'm not so proud of the things that you guys have done. The businesses, the communities, the movements. And I thought, 
What happens? Well, my community, Curtis's community, Vin's community. I know there's already overlap, but what what happens when we put everybody in the pool together? And what happens when there's this thing that you really want to do, and there's like 10 other people in TSP that kind of really want to do it, but it's a limited group, and you're spread out, and all of a sudden, because of the combination, there's a 100. And then you guys are using something like Telegram or Discord or Zello or something to connect with each other beyond a stupid Facebook group. And you start planning your own things and your own actions, and you start sharing that back into the group. And I was like, holy shit. And then right on top of it, somebody is a joke, posts a, a, a picture of the libertarian flag with a goose on it that says, leave me alone. And I'm like, no, leave us alone. Leave us alone. I thought about how, how much I want to work with people and how much I want to be left alone. It seems like a conundrum in the concept of we, do not, we don't seek to be alone, only to be left alone. That all we really need to enact so many of these big solutions is a little bit of grace and a little bit of space. And I thought, you know what, they're not going to give it to us, so let's... You know what, sorry if you don't like this word, let's fucking take it. Let's fucking take it. Let's figure out every damn way there is to carve out a little bit more. Let's do what I've been teaching you for so long. Let's be the freaking pig. Let's stop behaving like a bunch of domesticated, pansy-ass little bitches, and let's be what we are, feral humans. Let's stop believing the word feral is a negative. Feral is not negative. Well, people are like, well, feral hogs are bad. What you're saying is real pigs are bad. Pigs that express their pigginess are bad. Horseshit. Horseshit. All this stuff about pigs are bad. The only place I see pigs being a problem is in a monocrop field where they eat all the corn. Well, they kill fawns. Yeah, so what? So do coyotes. So do wolves. So do all, so do, so do all types of predators. So do diseases. I don't see a deer problem directly related to a pig problem anywhere unless you're uh, selling you know, deer on the size of their antlers. And then maybe. Most of the hunting operations I know that bitch about the pigs, they make an awful lot of money off of them. The pig is just being a pig. He's just being his pig self. It tastes good. It's good to eat. Plenty of them. Could be managed to make them even better. And they're better being themselves than they are being a giant fat pink pig in a pen. And the difference between the pig and the cow is the cow seems to actually be tailor-made for domestication. It belongs domesticated. You can get cows and, like, they put cows out on rangeland and then they just round them up six months later, split them out by brand. Try that with pigs. Everything in our society has been designed to domesticate the human species, to make us easier to control. That's why they put us in cities. The cities of the slaughterhouses and the suburbs, the, the urban suburbs, are the CAFOs, where they fatten you up so you can send your ass to work every day and milk you and bleed you. till the best years of your life are gone, and then they put you out in a freaking pasture, and they pretend to care when you die. You want, to be a, you want to be a cow or you want to be a pig? I'm going to be a pig. And I'm going to be leading, not leading, It's the wrong word. 
very important to this movement. Leaders lead for a time and step aside. I will be leading when it makes sense for me to lead, and others will lead when it makes sense for them to lead. And we'll set an example of what that looks like. I guess our mascot could be the pig. It also could be the goose. Because the goose, goose doesn't want to be alone. If you see a goose, a duck, any of these waterfowl, by themselves, something's wrong, or they're, they're, they're decoying you away from someone they're protecting. They're risking their own life to protect others. And, you know, you don't have people just, like, minding their own business and geese, like, traveling around looking to, to, to jack people up, right? If a goose is coming after you, it feels that you've threatened it or its family or its community. So, yeah, let's be like, and the goose we use in the, in the thing, it's not some domesticated goose. It's a wild goose, Canadian goose, right? That's what we need to be again. But none of these, none of these critters, right? Very few critters in the world are antisocial. They, they, they work together, and they often work even with other species. But they also have a point where they're like, leave me alone. And, I mean, domestication is a word that we have embraced way too much mentally and way too much spiritually and way, way too much in practice. Domesticated. Do you like the idea of being a domesticated human being? A domesticated man or a domesticated woman? What that means is that you inherently have the behaviors that whomever domesticated wants you to have rather than your natural innate behaviors. And we've, we've bought into this idea that somehow we're all evil beings. That if it wasn't for our domestication that we would just be out you know, punching grandma in the face or something like that. It's not who you are. It's not what you're about. So we need to be a feral pack versus a domesticated herd. You know, I saw somebody recently posted something along the lines of like basically that The wolf is trying to convince the sheep that they don't need the sheepdog anymore, meaning the police. And when the sheepdog goes away, the sheep will get slaughtered by the wolf that's telling you you don't need the sheepdog. And I was like, well, maybe if you stopped being a herd, you wouldn't think you needed a dog. You know, if maybe if you stopped being a sheep, maybe you wouldn't think you needed dogs to keep you in a herd. That's what the sheepdog really does. The sheepdog really doesn't. Protect the individual sheep from the wolf. The, the, the sheepdog's not capable. Toe-to-toe, one-on-one, a sheepdog will lose a fight to a wolf. Now, some of the, like the Anatolian Shepherds and all, maybe, all right? But you got a wolf pack. you got a couple, three dogs. The way they actually do their job is they keep the herd tight together. They don't let the individual stray off, which is what... The predator wants to prey upon. There's, there's why it's actually accurate when we refer to law enforcement and the systems that go with them as the sheepdog. They're not designed to protect you. They've so refused to protect people so many times, it's actually been taken to court, and the Supreme Court said there is no, there's no duty. There is the, If you doubt me, I'm not going to spoon-feed you guys this one. You look it up. Multiple decisions have, have come down and said, law enforcement officers have no duty to protect you. I'm not saying none of them will. There are the good sheepdogs that will die trying to defend that one sheep. 
There really is, both metaphorically and real. But the system itself is not designed so that they'll, they'll, they'll protect you. That's what they sell you. It's designed to keep you in the herd, to keep you from nonconformance. That's what it's designed to do. And I'm like, okay, enough of that. So we understand the system, we understand the rules, we understand that we all are in a place in society where, like, if you go try to do too much too fast the wrong way, you can end up hurting yourself or hurting your cause or hurting other people. Even if it's right, it can still end up in a place where it doesn't work. But what, how do we seize as much of it as possible? How do we push it as far as possible? How do we stop being so afraid? How do we work together? I mean, is there a point in time where we decide we too want an autonomous zone and we actually want a real one? And we do it in such a way that makes it very difficult for it to be touched? How? I don't know yet. I have some ideas. I've talked about them before. I think there's a tremendous opportunity somehow to work with an Indian reservation. And people told me about, based on the agreements that they have, they can't do certain things with their land. Yeah, what if they do it anyway? What if they do it anyway? Do you think anybody has the political backbone to be seen as coming down on, a, on an Indian reservation? Do you really? Like that is, you talk about a third rail, that's like a fifth rail. You just don't. There's an opportunity there. Does it involve cryptocurrency? Probably. But there's probably a hundred ways to carve out different things that in some way, shape, or another act like autonomous zones. I want to get some of the best minds I know of together and put out some thoughts. And then I want you and the members of this community and the members of the other communities to work together and say, hey, this is a way we could do this. This is a way we could do that. And I don't want it always to be, hey, guys, hey, put this together and we'll be part of it. I want I want you all to do the most important thing. I want you to, to find your pack and I want you to run. I want you to be like, hey, Jack, we're doing this. And I'd be like, hey, you might want to. And like, you're already gone. Like three days later, I'm hearing from you. Hey, we tried this. And do you have any suggestions? Yeah, do this thing. Okay, we're going to do that. Bye. That's what I want. I want it going so many ways, so fast, so many different angles that, like, to make it what it needs to be. Like, we can actually, I know this is going to sound wrong, but you can learn something from organizations that we deem terrorist organizations. That doesn't mean you have to be a terrorist. But a technique is a valid technique, whether it's used for good or evil. Right? Okay? You understand that? doesn't matter. But the technique... The effective terrorist groups do is they have these autonomous cells, and they're all acting at the same time. And while they might have some common goals, it's such a multi-headed hydra, you can't get your arms around it. And what the weakness is when you actually are a terrorist organization is that since what you're doing is inherently evil, it's very hard to win. You know, They talk about winning hearts and minds. It's very difficult to do. It also makes it very justifiable when somebody drops a bomb on you. It really does. When you're doing things the way I'm talking about, you're taking that technique of being the multi-headed, leaderless hydra that if you cut one head off, it doesn't matter. There's a thousand other heads, and there's new ones every day. In fact, when you cut one off, you just made seven. Do that again, see what happens. And using all of these decentralized and somewhat centralized solutions and being very judo-like in what we do, very martial arts-like. If the system has these rules, how can we bend those rules to our advantage? So that the harder the opponent comes, the more it hurts the opponent. 
Say what you want about the idiots in Seattle with Chaz or Chop or whatever the hell they're calling it now with their autonomous zone. But I, I will give them that what they've done, they've done in such a way that it makes it very difficult for them to be stopped. Surely we can do it better than that. Surely we can. Surely we can do a hundred different things that we learn from that experience better than that. Surely we can figure out how to do things where we create more autonomy for ourselves and, and our groups without getting Waco'd. Surely we can stop letting the fear of getting Waco'd force us into inaction and leave us only with talk. Surely we can figure these things out. And folks, it all starts with putting your own shit in order. And even if you're like, man, my life is pretty good and my life is in order. What if it was a little bit better? What if it was 1% better, 2% better, and it's already pretty good? What if you were able to look at the rest of 2020 and go, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. We're going to have wave 2.0. I don't give a shit. I'm still going to build my life. Don't care. I mean, that's what I was able to do, and I guess I was. A, I know I was a little too hard on you guys back in February when a lot of you were really scared about this. And I know when it all hit, you had to be like, see, he was wrong. I hope most of you now are like, actually, he was right. Got through it. My life's pretty good. Do you notice that the second show I did after everything really started to come down with the lockdowns and everything, the second show I did, The first one was Doc Bones on medical prepping and being able to deal with this shit when we really didn't know what it was yet. Second one, brought Nicole Sauce on. Starting a side hustle in the middle of a pandemic. Third one, John Pugliano, how to make money. When everybody was running for cover, I was like, go on the offense. Don't Back off your life goals because of inconvenience, because of fear. I don't care what causes it, don't do it. Don't be stupid. Don't go around licking handrails like some moron on TikTok. But don't back off. Don't throttle back. Throttle down. But when you drop that throttle down, when you put the hammer down, make sure you know how to steer. Maybe it's not so much let's put the throttle down, but let's, put, let's kick in four-wheel drive and head up the side of the mountain. Whatever it takes, start acting like what you are. A pig, a goose, a wolf, all in one. We're humans. We have attributes of all types of species. The love of family and willingness to defend it against ridiculous odds from the goose. An unwillingness to be domesticated. An unwillingness. Just, I'm not going to do it. Leave the fence open at crack and I will, I will bore my ass out of here. And if I find another fence, I'll start testing that one until I can get further out. The attribute of the pig, to be feral. And the attribute of the wolf, loyalty to the pack. Voluntary association with pack members like yourself. And a common goal. Crazy. Sounds crazy. I don't think it's so crazy. I think it's time. I think it's time for us to step up just a little bit more, to do just a little bit more, to work just a little bit harder. No matter how much we've been doing, everybody can do just a little bit more. What can this group do? That almost a quarter million of you that tune in and listen to this show, 
What can a quarter million of you do? What can 10% of you do? If 10% of you can do 1% more, and we can join with these other groups, not mass joining, selective packing, what can we do? I don't even know the answer to that, but I'm excited to find out what it is. So be ready. It's coming. I, I, I know it's hard to get excited for basically something that you would think of as a rerun. But guys, gals, trust me. Embrace this. Embrace this. And when I come back, I promise I'll have been not just taking a vacation, I'll have been working on this too. And I will come back more charged up and more ready to help you get what you want than ever. But you've got to meet me halfway. I'm going to give you some homework. It's not that hard. In fact, the way I put it in the series is, it's all simple. Everything I'll ask you to do is simple. Most of it ain't easy, though. And the reason it ain't easy, it would be easier not to. But nothing worth worth having, nothing worth having is truly easy. But most of what you want is rather simple. With that, we've wrapped up another episode. I hope you're excited about what is coming soon. If uh, you like this show and you want to help support us, one of the easy ways to do that is do your online shopping at tspaz.com. And I got one for you today. Actually, it's part of why the show is short today and why it came out rather late. This took a lot of work today to put together, and it's taken a lot of work to get to it. I have, instead of an item of the day for you today, I have a twofer. And it's something that, like, you're going to be like, how much work really goes into this? Right? And if you haven't dealt with this problem, you're really going to be like, how much work goes into this? Um, these are hose nozzles. I have two for you. One is made by a company called Icarus, and it is a heavy-duty 10-pattern uh, hose nozzle. This is more of your, it looks like a gun kind of shaped like that. It's got a lever for a throttle, and you got a little disc, and you turn it, and it makes all different spray patterns. The difference between this one and all the other ones you've seen like that is this one doesn't freaking destroy itself in a year. It doesn't fall apart. It doesn't start leaking everywhere. It's really, really heavy duty. And then I've got one that's even more heavy duty, but not to me it's not quite as ideal in how it lays water down. But it is basically indestructible. It's a solid brass hose nozzle made by a company called Nicest, N-Y-S-I-S-T. And this one kind of looks like a, like a fireman hose nozzle. It's an old school one where it's got kind of a cone shape and you turn it. And the more you turn it, the more it lets more and more pressure out. And it kind of goes through a pattern of being very, very wide to a little bit more narrow and then down to a, a solid stream. And the reason I say this is like something that you wouldn't think is a problem, but it is, I guess, is I, I it kind of even pissed me off I had to do this. So the way this happened is... Over the past few years, I have bought all kinds of ways to water my my gardens and stuff and my plants and, and what have you with hoses, hose nozzles, wands, all kinds of stuff. I've gone to nurseries, looked at the one they had, and said, well, they must have a good one. So I bought it, and it turns out they had the one that they carried because they could write it off and just put a new one on because it all sucks. And it, they would get they would start leaking out of the side. They would fall apart. They would get clogged. I mean, just a mess. And so I started like, well, you know what I'll do? I'll just go on Amazon and look for the best reviewed one, and I'll buy. I don't care if it's ten, if it's it's twenty dollars, two hundred. I don't care what it costs. Whatever the best one is, I'll buy it. So I start looking, and all the ones with good reviews. When I check them on Fake Spot, they're all fake as fake as shit. 
right? And if you read enough of the reviews, you find people that got fooled and bought it, and like the loathing and hatred that I read about almost every hose nozzle, the reason I believed it is I felt the same way. In fact, I'll put it this way. Right now, there's at least two, maybe three, jacked-up hose nozzles laying in the woods behind my property that were flung there in a fit of rage while I screamed like a deranged boomer about things not being made the way they used to be made. It was really more like my grandfather than a boomer. Okay? I said at this review at the end of this boomer, here's my, here's my final thing in this review. Um, no boomers were harmed in the production of this review. If you'll feel harmed by being referred to, well, take a nap. Honestly, I was really thinking my grandfather's generation when making the boomer comments. He was WW2 generation, but since most are gone now, it's your turn, boomers. Right? So, yeah, I was like a deranged boomer. And, and I'm like, so I finally find two that are not fake in their reviews, and they have generally good reviews, and some of the reviews are old, and somebody hasn't come back and said, now it's a piece of shit. You say that a lot of time. The guy has a good review and an update. Piece of shit. Right? Uh, so I bought both of them. The Icarus is, again, kind of the gun-shaped one, and it is fantastic. And what I love about it is on the shower setting, it is a massive volume of water, very soft, doesn't jack your plants up. And it's precision. It's a very, fairly small area that all that water goes to, even though it's diffused and soft. So when you're watering like a four-foot-wide raised bed, you can soak the ground. And i got to soak my stuff and get it done rather quickly without having a bunch of overspray. And that's its strength. And then it has all the other patterns. The brass one. It works really good. It just doesn't lay down the volume of water in the precise area because it has less control of its pattern. It, though, like I don't know how long the Icarus is going to last. I'm guessing based on everything I've seen and how long I've had it now, like it should last five years. And if it gets clogged, I can use CLR like I do on all these other things and all. But, I mean, it's the best thing I could find like this. And it's the one I use the most. My wife likes the brass one more. She has much wider beds. She has her flower garden beds and all, so she didn't really care about overspray the way that I do. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sitting here watering this, and half the water's going in. See, um, Because when you tighten up the brass one, obviously you get more pressure. But this brass one, the way I put it in the review is, you'll have this until like you, you drop it down a well or something. Like There's no reason for this ever to go bad. It's solid brass. It has three parts that could fail. Hose washer and two O-rings, all of which can be replaced in seconds for pennies. If it clogs, you take it apart and unclog it and put it back together. I put out a video that shows both of them. It's only three minutes long. It goes through all the features of them. It's not me talking or anything like that. It's just the in operation showing everything. And I think this is one where you'll decide which one's best for you. And I would say even the weaknesses on the Icarus, which is, you know, like the, the disc plate is plastic, so it's prone to clogging and things like that over time. Um, if you don't have the hard water I do, and my, my water's hard, like I can put your eye out with my water, it's so hard. Um, that thing will probably last 10 years or more. The Icarus is like 18 bucks, and the brass one's like 25. They're both worth, if they were both $30, I'd still recommend them. They're that good. So if you are sick of throwing away tools one or two years after you get them, from them falling apart, leaking, you're trying to water, and like the water's running down your arm, like if you've, like, I know that this is one that's, that's actually wanted in this audience because usually I don't see a lot of traffic to my reviews when I just put them out. So I do these reviews, I put them out on Facebook and Twitter, then I do the show, I put them on the show, and I put them in the, the, the daily mail. And I see all the traffic come after the show in the daily email, right? Today, like, I put it out and it was like a couple hundred people on the site reading the reviews in the first, like, ten minutes, 
just from putting it on Facebook and Twitter. And I don't ever get an item of the day response like that right away. And I know why. Because anybody that's tired of this shit just wants to know, what can I get that will make me stop acting like a deranged boomer or being a deranged boomer if I am a boomer, right? And it's it's this. These are the best I can recommend. So check them out today. You can find them at tspaz.com or just go to survivalpodcast.com and scroll down to uh, the review that's directly below today's episode. And uh, check this thing out. And remember, if it's on T-Spaz, this is, think about this. This is why you should shop T-Spaz, right? First of all, no matter what you buy, you help support the show, so why not? But, I mean, when it comes to, like, getting recommendations, if I put this much effort so that I could make a recommendation for you for a hose nozzle and know that it won't come back and bite me in the ass, like, six months from now, like, this thing's a piece of shit, Jack. You're wrong. Then don't you think I put a lot of effort into something like the meat grinder that I recommend or the dehydrator I recommend? Come on. Anyway, check it out, tspaz.com. Always find my recommendations broken down into categories. Also, be on the Daily Mail. Come on, man. Get on the Daily Mail. Like, said like Biden. Come on, man. Right? Come on, man. Get on the Daily Mail. I'm not going to spam you. I send one email a day. It has all this good stuff, and it even has, like, my photo of the day I've been doing now. You won't get that unless you're on there. And uh, if you ever decide to unsubscribe, just click a link, and you're, you're off of it. With that, let's wrap things up today with our song of the day. This song is by Queen. It's called Hammer to Fall. And when this came out, we were stuck right in the middle of the Cold War. And a lot of you guys that are a bit younger, you, 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 it, it may be hard for you to realize that like a lot of the people that are just 10 years older than you, we were in school and we would do drills where we'd get under our desk and put our head between our legs and kiss our ass goodbye because it was expected that sooner or later we were going to have a nuclear war. We grew up with that. Maybe that's why we're a little bit more relaxed about some of the things they scare you with. Because like, if you grew up with that and you realize like, Probably wasn't going to happen, and I got through it. Like, the rest of the world can all go to hell on a lot of this other stuff that they try to scare you with. So when this song came out, and some of the Mushroom Cloud reference and stuff like that, everybody just assumed it was really about World War III and the inevitability of World War III and the hammer to fall. Hammer and sickle on the Russian flag, the hammer to fall, right? It really isn't. It uses some of that imagery, But it's, what it's really talking about is the fact that all of us will eventually have the hammer fall. Our dash will be gone. And that we need to live our lives with zeal, with zest, with aggression for the things that we really want to accomplish. Because you don't know when that hammer's going to fall. You really don't. You don't know when that, you know, whether you're going to live to be a very old man and die in your sleep best any of us can help for is to be as old as you could ever want to be relatively happy up till the end go to sleep one night not wake up or get hit by that gravel truck you don't know you know the hammer will fall you don't know when and you don't know how but what you control is what you do with the time in between it's what you do with that dash And I want you fired up, and this is a fired-up sounding song, so great way to end the day. With that, it's been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast.